Oh, yeah. Welcome back to round two. Texas Tailgate Mondays down here at the Lake House. My name is Dusty Motes with my good friend, Mr. DJ Dugan, on a Monday. Wonderful Monday. It is a one. You know Finally what's it's not hot. Well, you know what's even more wonderful about it is we've elaborated. We are inside. Inside, and the temperature in here is about <laughs> 81, and outside it's 830, and it's 104. It's, uh, yeah. Well, it we got stupid. Well, we got here today and made an... Norm, normally, we're outside on the patio, <laughs> and I got here today, and I see DJ get out of the truck, and he I'm had this look... Crying. Well, he had this look on his face, and I'm like... I'm making an executive decision. We're inside tonight, and I and I, Mariah sent you the note. Yeah, I wasn't. She? I wasn't surprised when I got the text. Because <laughs> when I got the text, my car said it was 112. Oh uh, yeah, bro. And so and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. That's why I'm also in a t-shirt. Yeah. I was like, I ain't wearing no. Well, and you know, I and I, I always we're tell her to lake. tell people wear shorts, be comfortable. Yeah, wear, wear shorts, flip flops. Man, we're we chill. I, I show up in some old gum bubble bubble black swats slides and comfy. <laughs> But anyway, Lake House brought to you by SmithMusic.com. And of course, R. Watson Boots. Yep. Sharp Leather Supply and Texas Select Beverage. Yep. Gotta have us some. I'm gonna let you form. You know, I, I get to formally introduce every time. I'm gonna yes, let sir. you do it this time. Okay. Hey, man, how are you doing? What? Introduce yeah, him. Uh, um, See, do you like my curveball for him? Yeah, you did throw me a curveball. <laughs> I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm having a brain fart. Scott John White, Scott, what are you doing? Yeah. Scott John White. Just say <laughs> bless you your doing, heart. Bud? Just say I'm bless sorry. your heart. Well, it's you, been a long day. So, Hot day. You, in his defense. He, he threw me like, well, and, do it. But and but, like, but what am I supposed but, to do? But it's also, we were talking <laughs> about how long we've known each other, how long it's been. And then we also talked about being old. And you know, <laughs> and you know with age comes CRS. <laughs> Yeah. Can't remember S, <laughs> yeah. right? And 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 I'm I'm actually That's in right. that same category. And DJ is joining the CRS club <laughs> with us. Woo! Right, one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> and and it was funny because I know he's not thinking about it, and I'm just gonna he's gonna probably torque me when I get out. Of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean my CRS is so bad, Danny, that I can't remember your name. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's kind of how it felt just then. <laughs> just right then, I was like, oh. And, and it's so funny. Oh. He sent me a note. I'm excited to have him tonight, you know, because I guess y'all, you've had some stuff going on. And so yeah, with we, distribution, we, y'all been talking a lot lately, got which a, is cool. A, an, an album that we just started pre orders yep. on, a new single, Pulling Weeds. Yep. And I'm not sure, has it gone to radio? No, uh, yes, no. Americana Radio. Ah, Americana Radio. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Did you Which do, we'll want to play later, later. Well, did you do anything with it distribution-wise? Did you like, send it out? Did you do CDX or anything like that? Uh, my publicist uh, did all that. Cool, all man. Because right. I started to use CDX the other day, and then my publicist was like, hey, you know I'm doing that, right? I was like, oh, whoops. Here you go. Well, you need it to make sure. easy on I you. know um, the, all the stations that I'm familiar with and people that I know <clears throat> we were talking about you being on the show today, and I, you know, I, there's probably five or six program directors I talk to on a consistent basis, and we were talking about it. I was asking them if they got it. You know, for me, I don't necessarily do prep work for these kind of, because I like the free fall, but I like to kind of amp up, hey, man, this guy's playing it, and this is cool. Yeah, this is what he said about the song, you know, but I think all of those stations are playing um, that Pulling Weed song, and then 
I even know some of them even put like the the pre hold the hold on it. Like when you send it from your from yeah, your that would um, be yeah, the, yeah. the pulling weeds. Yep. The one that well, we the album, the stuff that you're talking about that you're about to release. Or yeah. The pre save. Yeah, the pre. Yeah, yeah, and some of them can't figure out how to operate the pre save link. I know. I know. <laughs> I, that's pretty commonplace so I hear. Yeah. My my number one thing is most people want to listen to that song and they don't pay for the service. And that's the biggest problem. Well, you got to pay for it, and then it'll pop right up. Yep. That's awesome, dude. Well, yeah. that is true. It's awesome that you got stuff out. I, I know you. The cool story. Now, is this the album that you did? And I and I'm and, and just so I know because I think it is. You and I are friends on Facebook. We've been friends. We haven't seen yeah. each other in years, but we yeah. still see each other. Yeah. Is this the one that you started a year and a half ago and did the? the funding for and then went out and went to Nashville and recorded or is this there's another one being done right now this is my second record I think the record you're talking about actually I got to make the first record um, called Call It Even because uh, COVID shut the world down yeah 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 and I remember thinking for a couple of years when I sold that band that I was in all those years for a couple of years I was like you know I need to make a record with my own voice on it because the CDs I had been selling at gigs were were demos with mostly demo singers from Nashville singing them. I'd sang some of them, but I don't exactly have a country sound and voice. So, um, and so that's what I was selling. I was like, well, I need, but the whole time I'm like, <laughs> uh, I have no idea when I'm going to have time to make my own record. And then COVID happened. And all of a sudden I had four months at the house. And so I self-produced the first record. Um, I sent it out to friends in Nashville and Austin and Dallas Milo we were talking yeah, about yeah it's one of the Dallas guys I used and just kind of farmed it out piece by piece got it back put it all together and uh so yeah that was the first record it came out April of 2021 and I did do a kickstarter for that to um not to pay for the record because I, I was able to pay for that record myself partly because I produced it myself um, but uh, I did a Kickstarter for the to do the publicist stuff and the yeah, social and media stuff. Yeah, and I think stuff. that's what I think that's what I'm talking about. I yeah, got, and, and that one, that one, I was just talking to somebody about this today. Uh, that goal was nineteen thousand, and that's what it is. And we hit that goal in twenty four hours and nineteen. Oh wow! Minutes. Congrats, bud. That's cool. And that was back in twenty twenty during COVID. Man, right? And then I did the Kickstarter for the promotion and publicist and all that for this album. Uh, a few months ago, like February, man, the goal was twenty five thousand, and we we scraped to the goal with like ten hours left. Oh wow, that's but, the one I'm talking yeah, it about. Gave me a heart attack. Yeah, but, but you know what's funny? Congrats again, though. <laughs> it you was made awesome, it. Yeah, bro. Yes. Well, you know that yep. that that speaks volumes about the level of respect about what you're doing carries, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It speaks volumes. It really does, and I, and and that's the thing. You know, a lot of people, and I don't mean this in a drug person, there's a lot of songwriters, right? And But there's not a lot of songwriters in my mind. You, you, were, you and I were talking before we got started about a group of people that really convey things in a really different manner than what the traditional songwriter type is. And so that speaks a lot about that because I think you're right. There is a community that supports a lot of that. Yeah, there's a beautiful community here in Texas, especially that supports all the Walt Wilkins of the world and all that. And, uh, I mean, they're just, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I thank God in my prayers every day for them. That's how awesome they are. Yeah. You know, they, they support the Kickstarter. They show up his shows. They, I had a guy the other day, he's like, when you make vinyl, I want to bid on the, uh, test, 
uh, print or whatever, you know? And I was like, and I wasn't even thinking about that yet. Yeah. Any way we can contribute. And I was just like, golly, these people are great. You know, and it's a whole different scene. Like we were talking earlier, too. You, yeah, it's, it's a whole like, different scene like kind of from an the underground Texas country yeah. scene, which I have a lot of friends in that too. Well, you and work I, with a lot of guys that I see. Yeah. On a, or you write with all your Jesse Rob Jr. A couple other guys that I see consistently that I, your name yeah. is associated with. So I know yeah. you work with that. But what you're doing is a is a gosh, it's I don't. It's not the word exqui- eccentric. It's more of exquisite writing. Ooh, exquisite. <laughs> exquisite writing. I it's, like what it's, you did there. Well, it's yeah. a tasty. It's a tasty palate. Exquisite. It's, well, it's a palate writing. You know. Crunchy. So here, and this is kind of what I described like you. And you know, we were talking. I've, I've been sitting here because I've had a little bit of time to digest while I was trying to describe what it is that I write. Right. Right. And, but you know, some people go to a restaurant, and I mean this seriously, and the. The bacon cheeseburger is the best thing on the menu, and it tastes absolutely amazing because it's a bacon cheeseburger. But you can get a bacon cheeseburger just about anywhere. Now, there are always going to be different flavors, different buns, different mustard, different ketchup. Hey, this one uses sweet pickles, right? But, man, there are some restaurants that you just go to, and they deliver you this plate of food. I can't use my hand. And it's this huge plate, but right dead in the center is this gorgeous piece of art. That you, that you that you that you like you it's take a you eat it's a real, you eat right? really slow you eat really slow and it's bite by bite by bite and it's pretty and it tastes amazing. See, some that there ain't nothing wrong with a good old cheese flopping nope. off the side. I think I just kind of hit it. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I spend most of my days in Nashville. I'm you know I'm blessed to be a staff songwriter up there. And I spend most of my days in Nashville trying to write a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. I like that. Because that's, that's, what, that's what my publisher can sell. Every once in a while, you, you make a steak, though, don't right. you? Right. Well, hey. I prefer to write steak. <laughs> well, well, Left to my own devices, <laughs> but, we try and write steak but, but, but every we've, day. We have a lot of songwriters on well, this but, podcast well, but, and the, radio show. And the cool part about and I'm really but, literally but when I say But not as many that. got the cuts you have, but I don't want to well, just like, let's that, throw that, that out there. Well, that's not, dude, listen. Every one of those songwriters are great. They but, are great. But people do different things. They and do. I think the way that I describe I know you do those. I do. We, all of our friends are doing the cheeseburger songwriting. I don't have the capability. And this is straight up. I don't have the depth. You've known me for a long time. I've always been goofy and fun. I'm just not a very serious guy. And, and so the, some people just have that. Okay. I love this because you're, you're saying that the cheeseburger is the serious thing? No. Or the steak I'm, is? I'm, I'm th- I think because I'm I, just seeing these all as dollar so, signs in my mind. <laughs> well, well, so I can tell I can tell I can tell you something. I've seen a seventy-five dollar cheeseburger. I have too. Man. <laughs> I have ate that thing, yeah, and I've eaten and it I've too. been disappointed. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What, but but the, at the end of the day, you get where I'm going. With oh, I this. do. It, and it, it's I really do. it's really about palate. There are some people that just have an exquisite way with words and convey and can change things together. You know, and so. I, I see that community that you're talking about because all those people you described to me are people of th- Ryan Adams is one of those guys that yeah. you just like, you know, different genre, but just there are people that yeah. just fall, you know, and I mean that in a great way because, dude, those restaurants, when I go and I sit there and I see those plates, it's like a really special occasion. Now, now if you were a writer on one of those like rap songs, like what? Dude, I would so be there, too. That's not a steak, though. 
Like a sushi platter. What would that be? But (laughs) what would that be? A sushi platter. A sushi platter. Some some French fries. Some French fries. But you know what? Everybody likes French fries too. That thing. That, and, how and, much and, money know, that made. And, and I mean that in a little, and it's so stupid that I made this association. But it, <laughs> I love it. I've I, never, I've never heard the food analogy before. But, but, it, it, but it really makes sense, doesn't it? Does. It, it does. You know, because man, you writing those songs that are real commonplace. They're good. It doesn't mean they're not good, and it doesn't mean they're not great. But the meaning behind them is different. Like when a chef cooks a meal, like dude, I'm telling you, have you seen any of those movies that are real about the chefs that are? Dude, that that they they those meals come out and they change lives. Yeah, yeah. like there. What was I don't forgot what that movie Man, was. There's one for me, and that's the Spanglish. Yes, when uh, uh, he's making that egg sandwich, and you look at that thing, and you're like, oh my god, that thing looks amazing. I gotta dude, have it. There was one, and I know we're talking, but this is kind of in the food <laughs> analogy. Dude, there was a guy. They there was a thing in Seattle, and. And I, God, what was the movie? And I'm gonna, it's going to hit me right in the middle. And, and this is so, so par for this. The guy got angry at the world because they did, just didn't appreciate the food. And one of the guys that shut him down, right, was a, was a dude that, uh, man, was all about money. And what had happened was his wife had passed away. Oh, man. And the son, there was this root that was made up in Seattle that you could only find. And this dude had a pig that helped find that root. And somebody stole his pig oh, and kidnapped his yeah, pig. Oh, yeah, that was pig. It was pig. Yeah, it's pig. Yeah. Well, but what happened was to get his pig back, he went back and he found out that one of the memories with the guy that was making all the money was a, one of his most memorable and special nights was a dinner that he and his past wife that had passed away had had at that restaurant. Come on. And they walked in and it, he... He said, hey, man, listen, give me my pig. And I think it was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it was Nicolas Cage. And so he goes in there, and he remembered to the T what they ordered. That's how much, like, he was so attentive to the detail. He knew the meal down to the year and the bottle of wine, and he found it. That dude came in, dude, and this is no kidding. And in the movie, if you've never seen the movie, you've got to watch it. He, He sits, feeds the kid, feeds the man, sits down and eats, and in the middle of the meal, dude, it was such an emotional experience in the first three bites. He had to get up and walk away. You know what? That is what that writing is. We've gone 15 minutes without playing any music. I know. But, you, but, the, but that's, what I, that's, that's the explanation of what I just said. <laughs> I totally yeah. get it. I totally get it. <laughs> I know you do. And see, you got to trust that from a fat guy. <laughs> you never trust a skinny chef. Never trust a skinny chef. Never. What you got for us, buddy? Well, I'll play you this song that was on my first record that uh, is one of the most popular songs on the record. And, uh, you know, this song was born on my porch. I live in Poetry, Texas. Dude, we, are, we haven't talked about that yet, have we, Dusty? I live in Poetry, Texas. I know, see, I, didn't, I knew you moved. I yeah, see you're on a ranch or something. I'm a, I'm a songwriter who lives in poetry. That's awesome. And, uh, I was banging on my guitar one day, and this line popped in my head. Uh, they got married by Elvis in a drive through chapel in Vegas. And I thought, well, that sounds cool. I wonder what that s- couple's story is, right? And so uh, I wrote the song, uh, spent a couple days on it with a buddy of mine in Nashville, and totally made the song up. And then as I started playing it out, I realized it was true about my wife and I, yeah. even though it was completely made up. That's awesome. 
Because we, uh, we started out by dating and getting pregnant. Which, kids, that is not the way to do that. Not right at all. all. <laughs> but we've been married for 32 and a half years by the grace of God and the grace of my wife. So when this song says crazy is only crazy till it works, I get it. I know this song, by the way. They got married by Elvis in a drive through chapel in Vegas. They knew it was crazy, but thought, hell, what if we make it? How cool would it be to tell the children and the grandchildren? It was a million to one shot, and we were the one in a million. She sold waffles and eggs, hot coffee, and smiles at the diner. He sold Subarus and Hondas and one-liners. He was a loser, but thank God she was a finder. He was a misser all day, she was a loving all night. Dreams can still be dreams after you wake up. And fights are only fights until you make up. Brave is only brave if there's a chance it's gonna hurt. And crazy's only crazy till it works. He gave 2500 to a roughneck in Laredo For a flat nose fixer-upper Winnebago He sold everything except his Martin And her daddy's mandolin He said, trust me baby, whatever comes we can handle it And dreams can still be dreams after you wake up and fights are only fights until you make up. Brave is only brave if there's a chance it's gonna hurt. And crazy's only crazy till it works. Yeah, crazy's only crazy till 50 years go by. And you look back and realize that all along this wild, wild ride. All the wrong turns turned out right. And dreams can still be dreams after you wake up. And fights are only fights until you make up. Brave is only brave if there's a chance it's gonna hurt. And crazy's only crazy till it works. Yeah, crazy's only crazy Till it works They got married by Elvis in a drive-thru chapel in Vegas They knew it was crazy Man, there you go. Come on now, make some noise for him. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you. So, man, so when you wrote that song, tell me a little bit about it started with a line, then it wrote, and you said that it was about, it was kind of the story about you and your wife. Well, you know, when we were writing it, I wasn't thinking about my wife and I. That's, Isn't it weird how that that's happens? What, that's what tripped me out about when I started playing it out. I was like, oh, crap. This is, I mean, all the details are different, except the part about selling a car. The guy in the song sold cars, and that's how I met my wife. 
I sold her a car. I like to say I sold her a car and a family for three fourteen a month. She just didn't, she didn't read the fine print. She got the car and a guy in the passenger seat. She oh, did. Wow. She did. Well, that's and awesome. That's so, awesome. So yeah, um, when we were writing the song, I wasn't really, you know, because the details were so different. They they married in Vegas, and the second verse they start a bluegrass band. We did none of that. But then I I'm literally the first gig or two that I played it. I'm sitting there playing it and going. This is me and Brenda. <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> and that's one of the great things about writing songs. Um, sometimes even when you make everything up, it's, if you're doing it right, whether on purpose or accidentally doing it right, um, and I've done a lot of both, uh, when you're doing it right, uh, sometimes that made-up stuff is just as true as the true stuff. You know, it's kind of weird you just said that. I think that... <clears throat> A lot of times, and this is from a lot of people we've I know, right? We've had this discussion on this podcast Well, we, we've talked about this, too. Stuff that I've written or stuff that other people know, we laugh about how it's almost like forecasting your future. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, at the end of the day, you know, you realize, my gosh, that was about me. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Or about somebody I know. Right. You know? Well, and also, too, it's always cool when somebody comes up at a show. You know, I have a few songs that are directly completely about my life like i wrote them uh, they're not made up <laughs> right and it's cool when people come up and go that wasn't my childhood that's not been my life but i still get it and i think they get it because it's true and it's universally true then even if they didn't like my publisher you know he tells me he, he said i had as far opposite of a childhood from you as humanly possible my mom and my dad were great nobody drank there were no problems there were no fights hardly any you know it couldn't be further he said but i still resonate with that song and i've had a lot of, a lot of people like him and um it's just one of the million many reasons i freaking love songs so you and i've known each other for a long time and again crs kicks in um I remember some of the stuff that we did together, but I hear what you're doing now, and what do you feel about, you know, if you were to think about where you started and where you're at now, talk about that trajectory and how you feel like you've evolved and changed. Well, I mean, I wrote hip-hop and R&B, first of all, for about 20 years. And I loved loved that that stuff that you did. Before um, I started writing country music. But my childhood in Kerrville, Texas, uh, the stories that I had to tell from that as I got older, I couldn't tell them in hip-hop and R&B. So I started trying to write what I thought were country songs. Long story short, went to Nashville in 2005. I started making once or twice a month trips in between band gigs and just started learning how to write. Um, I mean, great songs. Uh, because I went to Nashville that first trip, and I remember thinking, uh, wow, those songs are so far beyond anything I've ever written. I have no idea how to do that. Mm. And I was so intimidated, but also so inspired at the same time. I just mm. went, well, I, I need to get to work, because I want to write that. I want to write that. And I knew, I knew it wasn't a short route. I knew there was no shortcut to it. It was going to take freaking forever to learn how to do that and uh and i'm obviously still learning but you know i've had people over the especially over the last five years they'll come up and go so when did you write start writing songs 
Well, I mean, the answer to that question is when I was 16. But what pops in my head in the last five years when they say that, when did you, you know, start writing songs? I go, you mean good songs? <laughs> well, but you, but you got to, that's it. also, a, yeah. that's also objective. Right. Right. There, we've isn't, had a, isn't it Ray Wiley Hubbard says the first hundred suck? Yeah, well, right. well, yeah, but what's funny about what you're talking about, we've had guys that, man, are, are accomplished Texas singer-songwriters and, like, quiver. You like know, we, we haven't laid it on him when to do his the, first song. Yeah, he's going to have to do the first song he ever wrote. We do that to everybody. <laughs> um, but we had, one guy, we had one guy, dude, that, man, the first song was absolutely out of this oh, world, yeah. bro. And it was so away. good. Right. And he's like looking down his nose at it. But, but what, what it was was it was a cheeseburger with special sauce on it. Yeah. That you know what I mean? And, 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 but, but he doesn't want to be known as that. Yeah. And so that's where it lied. But it was so cool to hear that. And so we've been asking people that come on that write songs. And you said something that was really profound, right? I think a lot of artists make mistakes. And, and I'm just talking about artists themselves. They don't open their mind up to either writing with other people or doing or listening and doing other people's songs because I feel like what makes me a decent writer, notice I said decent, is the fact that, man, I've listened to so much music, played so much music, and I've worked with some great people that write that, man, it's kind of rubbed off on me, you know? And so the formulamatic approach that helps you craft a flowing song, you know? And, And there's a lot of guys in this realm that just... They don't, they're un, almost unwilling to work with And I, to, yeah. I totally get that, and I totally respect that approach and that view. Um, I just love, to me, a lot of songwriting is, is a puzzle, and it's a challenge. And so I love the challenge and the puzzle so much that even if we're <laughs> writing something, even if it's bro country, which may make me throw up in my mouth a little bit, um, but even if it's that, I'm still fascinated by the puzzle. Well, but there's still there's still going to be a hundred million people that would might like that, right? And and isn't that the goal? You want people to right. like your work, and you want to be able to relate, right? And so I think part of that too for me comes from writing hip hop and R and B all those years too. Like I have a wide range of taste, um, so I think that's helped me with all that. You know, definitely, and then. Just my love for great songs has made me uh, write steak. <laughs> well, dude, you're, hey, bro, you're you're dead on, and that there's and you know they were talking about a we were talking about it, and I, I know we're gonna play, but we were talking about Matt Hillier, man, being in this group where every week they have to turn in this song, right? And and man, he said, man, most of the time they're horrible because you're being forced to do it. Yeah. It's like taking a muscle. Right. But, man, then there's those times it's like you've been working that muscle and you've been running and you get to the combine and you run a 4-3. <laughs> okay, but you, speaking of which, this shirt I'm wearing, I don't know if you can see it on the yes, camera, Jason, Jason Eady. Eady. Yeah. Have you heard the song that, okay, during COVID, they had a, him and Courtney and all sorts of people had the song yep. prompt group, right? Yeah. And one of the song prompts was an, something like an oven mint and a bottle of wine. Right? Uh-huh. So there's eight people, I think, in that song prompt group. They wrote eight versions. It, it didn't have to be the title. It just had to be in the song, right? So there's one on Courtney's record, and there's one on, on uh, Jason Eady's record, and his record is called, his song with that in it is called The Luxury of Dreaming. And it is freaking brilliant. That's awesome, dude. So is Courtney's. But, so, 
sometimes those song prompts, you know, Zane Williams did the Monday songs thing yeah. forever and made oh, yeah. crap up from 10 words, random yeah, words. Some of those were pretty good them. radio hits. Freaking Jalen and yep. uh, Jayton and Jill. Yeah. It was crazy great. Yeah. Well, but that's, but you know, that's when you really challenge yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it becomes, like you said, a riddle wrapped up in an enigma that you're trying to solve. And you also have to be willing to write crap. You know, just realize that it's, it's, that's one thing about, you know, uh, doing this thing for a living in Nashville. We write a lot of songs. We write 100, 150, 200 songs a year sometimes, right? Um, most of the songs, either A, are just songs or they're bad. Like, I love it when I, when <laughs> I play. You're just so honest about it. Yeah, I mean, because um, there's just so many things that go into having a great song. And I have people come up to me at shows, you know, after shows all the time. Man, all your songs are so good. And I go, no, they're not. I don't play the bad ones. <laughs> I have hundreds of bad songs well, that but, I will never play for you. So last question before you play. Yeah. How surprised are you if somebody picks up one that you think is bad? Because that Ooh. happens. Um, nobody has done that yet. Really? No. Nobody that you thought wasn't your best piece of work? and. Once somebody picks it up, it's his best piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, it's like, my, oh, yes, that's my, great, dude. My cut first it. Texas number one was a Jesse Robb cut, uh, Good Times. Now, that Ooh. is definitely a cheeseburger, bacon cheeseburger, but it's a, I, I'd eat that bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> like, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good bacon cheeseburger, right? This isn't saying much about me. There's a lot of bacon cheeseburgers out yeah, here. People that tuned in late, they're going, what the hell are they talking about a bacon cheeseburger? I'm like, uh, they I can don't, listen to the podcast. You'll later. have to go back to the beginning. And, <laughs> Sorry. Well, what do you got on deck for us now? Is this the well, first song you ever wrote? Um, no. I don't even remember that song. <laughs> Thank on it. God. Thank See, he's God. I love it. We, we have to say it every week. But what I will, I will play for you is, is my first major label cut in Nashville. Cool. Awesome. Um, I wrote this with a couple of friends of mine, Barrett Baber and Terry Joe Box, that I write with a lot in Nashville. And... Um, we were at Barrett's house that day to write. He was upstairs getting his three-year-old daughter ready for daycare. And uh, Terry Joe and I were waiting for him down in his basement studio. And as he tells the story, he was trying to convince his three-year-old daughter, uh, you know, tell her why she couldn't wear high heels to daycare at age three. And uh, somewhere in that conversation, his fatherly frustration came out. He said, God bless the boy. And... Uh, he got her off the daycare, came down the stairs, said, hey, why don't we write a song about my daughter called God Bless the Boy? And uh, I was down for it because, like you and I talked about earlier, I have two daughters. Mine are a little older <laughs> than his. His is nine now. But you remember those times. My, mine are 33 and 30. And uh, so we wrote the song that day, and uh, it's mostly about his daughter. It's got some of my daughters and my son-in-laws in it. Uh, but then uh, my, our, my friend Jesse Robb Jr. played this song for uh, Cody Johnson on his bus in Nacogdoches, Texas in uh, late January, early February of 2021. And um, Cody has two daughters too. And uh, apparently the older one already had a song, but the younger one did not. And Jesse said, Jesse's, you know, one of Cody's best friends. And uh, he said he had never seen Cody cry about a song. That's awesome. But he said it was right before Cody's about to go on stage. And he said, Cody teared up before it got to the chorus and said, hey, man, I can't, I can't listen to that right before I go on stage. I'll listen to it after the show. And, uh, and he did. And he put it on his human album. Like I said, it was my first major label cut. And uh, I'm very, I'm very, nobody's ever asked me that question about, you know, 
having one of your songs recorded that you don't particularly like. So far, that has not happened to me at all, and I'm grateful. I will be grateful for the kind of average cheeseburger that gets cut to and pays off my house. I will very much appreciate that. Well, but, you, know, you know, the purpose of asking that is because sometimes I know as artists, people don't see that objectively. There's, oh, yeah. there's something emotional that they don't like about the song, and right. it keeps them from seeing the value. Yeah. So obviously there's some accountability in there for you. Yeah. And this also, for songwriters out there that are watching and listening, um, this also, to me, reaffirms that um, try to write great songs. Worry about that first. And write truth. And write real life. And um, it'll still work out. Cody Johnson might record your song. There you go, brother. That's right. Yeah. Scott Sean White. She won't let me help her tie her shoes. No, Daddy, I can do it myself. When she don't get her way, she'll cross her arms and hold her breath. She's a handful, she's a mess. Digging in the dirt in her princess dress. Goes from tiny tornado to sleeping on my chest. God bless the boy that melts away I do when she smiles at him the first time he'll be done yeah he'll be through give him patience and kindness and a heart that's full of her and the sense to know what she's worth cause ain't nobody ever gonna be good enough so God bless the boy she decides to love. Hope his daddy's teaching him how to shake my hand and look me in the eye. Taking him fishing and busting his butt when he ain't acting right. Hope he's in every prayer his mama says. Learns to work for every dollar he gets. And has a sense of humor gonna need it for a girl like this. God bless the boy that melts away I do when she smiles at him the first time he'll be done yeah he'll be through and give him patience and kindness and a heart that's full of her and the sense to know what she's worth cause ain't nobody ever gonna be good enough so God bless the boy she decides to love. God bless the boy that melts away I do. When she smiles at him the first time, he'll be done, yeah, he'll be through. There ain't nobody ever gonna be good enough. So God bless the boy she decides to love. God bless the boy. She decides to love. Man. That makes some noise. Gone shot wide, man. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.
Man, I love that song. And I, you know, Ooh. that was one of the ones that I listened to when that album first came out. And I remember seeing, you know, some of your reflective posts about having a couple of tunes that were covered by that. It's cool. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy to see, uh, see my name on that list of album credits next to so many of uh, my absolute heroes in songwriting. You know, there's a guy named Tony Lane that had two songs on that record, including Human, the title track. And, um, and uh, the fact that, that I've written songs with Tony Lane now is pretty freaking crazy to me. So you just kind of put an exclamation point on one of the th- questions I asked initially. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I asked you, what, is it, what do you feel about your trajectory from those inner workings inside of your studio at your house where we're sitting here banging out in this room that's got that rolling sitting on whatever that was and little microphone somebody's hiding in the closet yeah you know <laughs> and, and i i don't know if i'm describing it perfectly i have crs which i hope you do too right um but at the end of the day how, how do you how do you truly feel about that that is a, it's just a huge and because i don't know yep. if you really thought at that point um your trajectory would take you here no, um, I mean, I was wanting to, you know, um, but uh, I mean, the, the one word I can say, you know, describes it for me and it doesn't even cover it. It's just blessed. Like, yeah, I show up. I, I obviously work my tail off. Uh, I drive nine hours each way back and forth to Nashville twice a month. I, I drive all over the country. If you'll pay me to come play at your house or on your dock or at your little listening room, I will show up. So I show up, you know, and um, so I do all that, but, and I do all the work, but um, it's, uh, I love, I love this whole life. I love writing songs. I love the people I get to write songs with. Um, I love getting better at it. I love that my uh, songs from 2005 to now are better. So, so that's something I, I, you know, DJ. I hope you don't mind. I think there's oh, some, good, there's some real helpful, educational things. What do you truly think? Give us three key components that you feel like helped you evolve from where you were at in 2002, 2003, and, and even you. I think you told me it was 99. I don't believe you. Um, but <laughs> I'm kind of hiding. But from there to now would tell some key components because you brought up you mentioned you know you show up but i know there's some yeah. sweat equity but i also know there's some things that really um that somebody can do to, to co-writing is one of them and we talked about that i'm sure you'll probably talk about it but to really help them learn and evolve and become a better crafter of song um for me uh one of the main things was definitely um going going to Nashville all the time, going to the Bluebird Cafe and Douglas Corner uh, and places like that and hearing great songs nonstop. Um, And just seeing how high the bar was. Not being able to get there yet, but okay, the bar is up here. It's not country radio. And I love country radio too. I'm not bashing country radio. There are still great songs on country radio. But I'm talking about the ones that we all go, oh, come on, man. <laughs> what, what are you doing? But that's not the bar. The bar is actually way up here. 
And so I went to these writers' nights and heard that. And then the other thing that's kind of related to that is I got in rooms with writers that were better than me. And I learned a whole lot in all of those rooms. So basically what you're saying is it's just like anything else. What? Surrounding yourself. Surround, it's basically just like anything else. I remember we, I know you know this too. You're only as good as the weakest person in the band. And the weakest right. person in the band is only going to be as good as the people they surround themselves with. Right. You know, it's just like anyway. You don't, you don't become an expert craftsman or artist right. you know, without trade. So you're basically and, saying you know, and, surround yourself with people that, that help you be better. And the other thing you do is you just do it a lot. Yeah. I mean, like anything ag- else. Again, like there's just there's so much involved in writing a great song that is out of your control. Um, like to really those those special songs you write, like God Bless a Boy. Um, you have to have, first of all, a great idea. Jack Ingram said one time, he said, you know, a great idea is the gold of our profession. And you don't have a great idea every day. But you write every day so that when you do have a great idea, you have the tools to execute that great idea, right? It's so the first, create, creation of your own luck, in essence. Right, so you have to have a great idea. Um, you have to have the melody fall from the sky that goes with that, the music. <laughs> you have to have the right set of people. In Nashville, it's a co-writing town, so there's always two or three, sometimes four, but people in the room, you have to have the right set of people who are in the right mood that day with the right set of life experiences that can feed into that great idea. Remember, it started with a great idea. You have to have all that. And then, if you know your craft, maybe you have a shot. But even if you know your craft, great. If you don't have all those things, you're not getting a great song today. You might, you're going to get a good song probably, but you're not going to get a great song. Hmm. That's, that's some magic you don't have complete control over. But that's also why, you sh- why I show up every day. Because you never because know when that magic's going to be there. When that magic yeah. happens, man, there ain't no high like that. Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of is it's like, you know, I'm a very analytical sales guy type mind. It reminds me of, dude, when you start getting results, you just keep going because you don't have them all the time. No. Man, if, you, if somebody keeps saying yes, you keep knocking because you create this momentum. Songwriting right. is very similar. It's very similar. You have to have a stomach for a lot of no and a lot of eh. That's yeah. just, that was okay. So, you know, you know and so. There's not, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I deal with a lot of musicians, and most of them are so afraid to fuck up, and they should not have that problem, you know? And, and you, you got to have those bad ones to, yeah. to, to learn. You got to make a really crappy table to become a better carpenter, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's funny that you're talking about that, and, and maybe you can. Sh- you know, my belief has always been <clears throat> that there's an emotional pride thing when it comes to co-writing. They won't write with people because sometimes their their fear their fear they're not it's not going to be accepted. Yeah. Their ideas are going to be so they they it's a very personal. Yeah. And man, what they don't realize, man, we're all just in this together, yeah. trying to come up with the best thing possible. And sometimes that mentality, I think, stifles creativity or stifles the ability. And I'm going to be straight up. That's one of the reasons why I like text message writing, yeah. sending yeah. notes and back and forth, because that, I don't have to sit in there with your with your ego and my ego. And man, and you can break it to me softly in text form. 
Right. Because <laughs> in the room, I won't break it to you. Yeah, 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 you know, but you know. But, but I mean. But, but yes. I could sit in a room with you, too. Right. I, I, could sit, I could sit in there with a the room with you, too. But I, that's one of those. I don't, I, that way, they get a chance to also think about it, too. Right. So, which is cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's quite the uh, process. Co-writing, I, I love it. Um, I do understand why people are, some people are scared of it, but I don't. Uh, I love it. I say that 99% of my songwriting success uh, in a room is from throwing out every bad idea that pops yes. in my head. Yes, I love that. Because you have to, like, I don't, you gotta clear I don't it. worry about. Clear yes. it out. And, I, and, and, you know, I preface it all the time. You can ask all my co-writers. I say a hundred times a session, this is awful, but. Something like this. This is terrible. This is not it, but da-da-da-da-da. I got a client who he'll pull out um, like a folder full of napkins and receipts. Where it's got all these little uh-huh. lines written on it. He's like, this is it. It's like almost like a jumble. <laughs> right. like a well, the beauty of a cell phone is now you can put that <laughs> yeah. on your notepad. Right. Nowadays. Right? Yeah. Well, I know you got something in store. We, I love these little conversations. We can do this all day long. Um, you got something else on deck for you, for us, don't you? Yeah, why don't I go ahead and play you this new single? Let's hear it. That'd be great. Um, pulling weeds, right? Yeah, pulling weeds. This song was, uh, we wrote this in December of 2021. And that particular day, one of my co-writers uh, that I write with a lot, Adam Wheeler, uh, was late. He was about 45 minutes late because there was some real bad traffic uh, north of Nashville. And uh, so the other guy and I, Ben Roberts, we're just out in the parking lot. It was a pretty day, and we're out in the parking lot catching up on life. And um, that particular day, catching up on life, meant that Ben was telling me that um, he was a few weeks out of rehab and uh, trying to save his life and save his family. And, and uh, he told me this wild, beautiful, hard story about all of it, right? And, um, well, Adam shows up. Adam shows up and uh, he doesn't know what we'd been talking about. Yeah. And we get in the room and Adam says, I got this idea called pulling weeds. And uh, it's not about gardening. <laughs> and uh, so Ben's story, it's not all about Ben's story, but Ben's story definitely found its way in there uh, that day. And, uh, and the other thing about this song is I know for me, it's very true. Uh, I spend a lot of time and energy on things I should not spend my time and energy on, you know? Talk radio, talker on my way. Says the world's gone to hell, think I'm done with him. Cell phone ringing in my kids' ball game. Hold the side button down till I see the light fade. I'm pulling weeds. One at a time, anything that chokes a life. Out of who I want to be Gonna plant new seeds But first things first Get my hands down in this dirt Before the roots get too deep I'm pulling weeds 
Getting mad about things that don't matter that much Carrying around that heavy old grudge Worrying about what other people think Yeah, it's all gotta go so my heart can breathe I'm pulling weeds One at a time Anything that chokes a life out of who I want to be Gonna plant new seeds But first things first Get my hands down in this dirt Before the roots get too deep I'm pulling weeds Goodbye fear, goodbye doubt And things I can't do a thing about Goodbye guilt, goodbye shame it's time I make a little space And say hello to grace I'm pulling weeds One at a time Anything that chokes a life Out of who I want to be Gonna plant new seeds But first things first Get my hands down in this dirt before the roots get too deep, I'm pulling weeds. I'm pulling weeds. Pulling weeds. Yeah. Man, that's great, bro. By the way, Dan Smalley told me to tell you hello. I sent yes. him a picture of you. <laughs> Most definitely. I said, man, I just, well, you know how to, the community we're in is so small. It is. And I have so much love and respect for that guy. When you told me that you work, I, I love him, dude. He's so awesome. And, and I just want to make sure that, just know that some positive words and some vibes are being thrown at him. You know, you, yeah. sometimes you never know in those moments we need to hear that stuff. Yeah, man. Most definitely. <laughs> Especially in this business. I mean, yeah. we talk about it all the time. You know, just our little crew about uh, you need every every last bit of encouragement and kind words you get in this business. You store them up in your hump like a camel <laughs> for the dry season. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, and you know how this goes, too. You know, we talk about this, and I don't know how it is for you in the, in the songwriting community more than this. And I, you're an artist, too. You know, a lot of times, dude, it's it's people want you to do well but they don't want you to do better than them and so there's there's like this animosity and at the end of the day what they don't realize and like you know connections with people if somebody's doing well it affects you positively yep. too you're it's in their circle game. you know we talk about we talk a lot about building a network of like-minded individuals yeah. that have similar work ethic similar thought process they may be different artists but man and just really encouraging each other to succeed well, you, know? you reminded me of something my publisher said to me one day a few years ago. And uh, he was kind of joking, but he, it wasn't really. He said, it's not enough to succeed. All your friends must fail. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, no, no, it's not enough to succeed. All your friends must succeed with you. And he just looked at me for a second, kind of odd. He's like, hmm. <laughs> well, but, but, but think about it. Think about it. So, and there's some legitimacy to that, right? And, and oh, what I have I mean, found, that's definitely the way I approach it. I mean, well, after the last three years, you know, we're, 
from an artist standpoint in this area, you know, collectively, I have found that, man, when we're lifting each other up, encouraging each other, giving feedback, having honest discussions about what we think about each other, and loving and respecting enough, enough to trust each other to talk real, you start realizing that, that, you know, and I'm so blessed. Like you talk about your circle. I've got a fun circle that, man, we're t- and we help each other work. Yep. You know, it's all of the above. But I find that it's so much more fulfilling and cutting all of that negativity like you were talking about and, and, and being there to lift others up when they need it is huge. Yeah. And even the one that's the most positive needs that once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, and that's why in Nashville, too, you'll see that, you know, people outside it call it clicks come up, yeah. you know. And, man, they just write with their little click. Well, I mean, if you're in the in that community what happens is just like me and my little if you want to call it a click you can but these are people i've been writing songs with for over a decade in most cases and we've been doing life and we've been learning this craft together and we've been playing writers nights together in nashville like it's just our little family it's our little tribe some people call it right and little clicks tribes crews they all tend to come up together well and that so and this is legit and you can think about it in in over the time period of time in texas you see it when the the initial aspect of all those texas music and texas artists and you talk about randy rogers casey donnie stanley rue there's a group and they all they all toured together and play together you're seeing it right now like when i'm doing a festival circuit or at some of those festivals you see co and reed south hall and colby cooper and they're they're kind of helping each other work and that's and, I'm, and that's just the most amazing way that it all works. Yep. And if you keep doing that, and you, and you know, dude, it's a doggy dog world, and most of us have on milk bone underwear, right? You know, there's all. <laughs> <laughs> you, this you, guy has some great analogies <laughs> but, and but you comparisons. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and what you want to find is somebody that don't like the taste of milk bone, so you got them on all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm serious, and we, and we really laugh about a lot of that, and I think it's key. And like I, you find, like what you're talking about, if one of you succeeds, all of a sudden, well, who's he been running with? They all write well yeah. too, and they all yeah. do well too. And and I'm sure you, know, you see. Funny that. how these uh, streaming services are built, where they start connecting the dots and make that algorithm yeah. starts getting connected. Man, really I was, well. you know, it was funny we was talking about this day, and I didn't look at yours, but I was noticing the people that I'm connected with because you're talking because yep. you're looking at data, and I'm just floored. They that whoever's listening to them's listening to me, and I'm like, well, dude, that's pretty cool. You know, kind of gets you excited. You know, think about your writers. Well, who's he writing with? That Dan Smalley going full circle about what we're talking about. It's a perfect connection. You know, so cool, man. So, what has been your biggest accomplishment? And I think you've already talked about it. Your first album cut, but over the last little bit, what have you been the most proud of of your career? Um, man, um, you know, I tend to. It's funny, the other day I said something that I hope my publisher's not watching um, (laughs) because he wouldn't like this. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful for the Cody Johnson cuts, and I have a bunch of cuts on this Brian Martin guy uh, who's a good friend of mine. So he was just a play. He's just played a venue I played at a bunch. He's blowing up. He's killing it. He's so great. 4.7 million listeners on Spotify right now. How much? 4.7 4.7 million. Dude, he was just at like a million too, not, not, not very like, long like ago. Like six months ago, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, and a bunch of other, you know, artists, some you've heard of, some you had not heard of yet, that have cut my songs, and I'm grateful for all those. But 
you know, um, what I'm most proud of. I'm most proud of probably songs you haven't even heard. Love it. Isn't that weird? You know, you know I love, like I said, I love great songs. And oh. and so um, the other day I said to co-writer, I said, I said, man, don't tell my publisher I said this, but I'm that guy that I think I'd get more excited about a deep cut on a record <laughs> because the deep cuts are usually the really great song. You're yeah. not wrong. Then I would be a single. Now, my wife, she'd be way more excited about the single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I understand. Well, but but me, I'd be like... Man, well, there's some so practical reasons. Song, yeah. you know? and How so, is it for you when you're out and about playing, and you're you sing a song that has like a Cody Johnson cut, and somebody comes up to you and goes, "Oh man, I'm I love that Cody Johnson song." Mm-hmm. How's that feel? I was just reading today about David Bowie and his reaction to Nirvana doing his song, "A Man That yeah. Sold the World," and he was all he's like, "That's my song," you know. It's wild <laughs> to think of something that you and your friends just created in some little room one day. Uh, it's like you bought a lottery ticket and didn't know it was a winning ticket that day. Uh, and yeah. you didn't find out for, you know, three years that it was a winning ticket. Man, you, uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, we at Smith have started uh, since 2020. We've been doing publishing ad, man. Yeah, and we had that experience recently. We started publishing Admin because, you as you know and you know, most people in Texas they don't do their publishing. Yeah, they just leave it on the table, and we have to be like, "Hey guys, do it." Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point where we're like, well, "Let us do it," because you're, if you don't, you're going right. to lose out on that money. Right. We had one guy. Um, I was helping. Took three years. It, we published all of his stuff. But out of the blue, last July, he, he called me and says, hey, I, I got a song. It's, it's gotten cut. I need you to publish my portion. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that song ended up being the most downloaded song in country history. And wow. And, and I've, I got a picture on my phone. Uh, Smith Music was the number one publisher at BMI in February. Because That's amazing. Of it. <laughs> and it's just so <laughs> random and... and Dumb luck, mm-hmm. and and that is just exactly that lotto uh, analogy yeah, is so perfect. But there's also something to be said about you, you, any of us doing the the tough shit, yeah. the tough stuff that yeah. puts you in that place that creates that luck. Because if you weren't doing it and doing those networking events, and you're not doing those co-writes, and I'm not playing those shows, and we're not meeting those people, we wouldn't be doing the legwork or the things that put us in the position to have that opportunity. Yeah. The, the sweat equity is right. where that's at, bro. Totally. And, 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 you know, like you said, you mentioned a great song. Man, a great song. It's, it's the magic happens. You're prepared for the magic because you've been doing the yeah. reps, yeah. right? Wow. Yeah. Well, and part of that, the sweat of it is simply showing up. I showed up to that right that day. You know, I showed up to Texas Songwriter U where I met Jesse Robb Jr., which led to everything that's going on with Cody. Um, I show up at the gig in Baton Rouge. Uh, in two weeks, I have a house concert in Key West. I'll show up. I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time on the road. But I, you never know what's going to come from that. Like, <clears throat> that first Kickstarter that hit the goal in 24 hours and 19 minutes, $19,000 goal, and we ended up hitting 32. That first Kickstarter, I had played a house concert in Seabrook, Texas, for a guy about three or four weeks before that. 
A guy that didn't even hire me himself. It was somebody else that hired me and said, hey, can we use your house, right? And this gentleman heard me that night. And by the time it was, in the first 24 hours, he put in $5,000 in my Kickstarter. Oh, wow. And I just met him. Man. If I didn't show up to that house concert, if I didn't ask for a concert, first of all, because I just needed to fill that date on the way to somewhere else. And this lady's like, oh, we can do it. You should do it at my friend's house. I mean, half the battle is showing up. That's why when you follow me on social media and you see me driving all over God's creation. I, dude, <laughs> I, I do like sh- your little animations of yes, your car going around. I am everywhere. showing up. You know, I tell people, and it's funny that you say this, sometimes the, the situation isn't ideal. And we are hardcore about, I have to make this specific amount. And we beat people up over agreements. You know, our God is a, an amazing God, right? And I mean that seriously. Because... Most of the time in my life, when I'm taking opportunities that may not be what I'm used to or what I think I deserve, and I'm like, you know, I need to go, I need to go do this. And you show up, you create this cataclysmic event that all of a sudden there's three or four yep. really cool things that happen. Those dominoes. Because, fall. man, you humble yourself. Yep. Or you go and you do things that, man, you know what? I'm doing this because I really want to do it, and it's fun. I, I can eat this. I can... Man, it's an extra two tanks of gas, you know, and that's the blessing of it, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like that there's a lot of guys that, man, you know, I call myself, we talk about this all the time, being a star is a unicorn, right? It's a unicorn. It's, a, it's one of those stars you can't reach. But being a guy that makes really good money doing something that I love and being dependable and showing up and being creative, when those opportunities and those big deals come around, you're there. That's actually possible. Yeah, it is. We do. You're doing it. I do it. Well, dude, I this it. this little deal right here that we're doing is it's really a great way for us to network and stay engaged yep. with people. Like yep. you're talking about meeting people. That's one of the reasons why we do it, and it helps artists. But that's it's all preparation and planning. And yep. DJ talks about somebody may or may not be a Smith music artist. They don't even know what they do. But we meet somebody that man, I need this. Yep. He becomes the guy. Yeah. Hey, Dusty, I, we had a guy cancel the co-write. You want to come work? Yeah, where you at? Yeah, yeah. I'm coming. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, um, if, uh, if we have time to play one more song. We got I time got, for we, as we much have, time as you want. Time that, for one more. Yeah. I got, I got we a, got as much time as you want. Well, I got, I got a song and a story that goes exactly out of what we were just talking about. Um, That's called a segue in radio? Right, yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> but you're doing but the segue ac- for us. It was an accidental segue, but yeah. it's perfect. Um, this is maybe my favorite story I get to tell. Uh, you know, when I play shows, my business card actually says songwriter, storyteller, because about half of my show is telling stories. And this is, this is maybe my favorite story I get to tell, because I went down and entered a song contest in Austin in 2018, November of 2018. It's called Texas Songwriter U. You've I seen know exactly it, exactly right? what it is, yeah. Those are great people. I love those people. They're awesome. I entered this contest. It was the last contest I entered because things were starting to kind of bubble up in Nashville, and it wasn't cool after that. But I entered that contest, went down there, and I usually entered contests pretty level-headed. If I won or lost, it, I didn't get too high, too low, uh, particularly if I lost because um, I'm just old enough to know that, A, there's a bunch of great songwriters out there, and, B, you never know at any contest what the judges are actually looking for, right? So I had entered plenty of contests over the years, won some, lost some, never got upset or too excited either way. 
But I spent three days with those people. As Jack Ingram was the main host. Liz Rose and Sean Camp were his co-hosts that year. I spent three days with those people. And for some reason, when I didn't win, I was pissed. I mean, mad. Like steam coming out my ears mad, right? Really? Yeah, I was. Which is foolishness. It's pride and arrogance and well, that's, bunch of... You, well, for whatever reason, uh, I have moments where I have no grace at all. Right. <laughs> and so, but I have to tell you the ugly part so that the beautiful part will be as beautiful as it is. And that is, I met, I met Jesse Robb there. Jesse Robb Jr. Oh, wow. And uh, he was a contestant also. He didn't win either. And uh, he said, uh, after the contest, he said, hey, we should write. And my wife had been telling me, you need to write with more Texas artists. And I was like, babe, we'll make $8. She's like, you need to write with more Texas artists. And so I said, yes. And a couple weeks later, we got together over the phone and started this song. I was on my porch in Poetry, Texas. He was at his house in Magnolia. And we started this song. And keep in mind, I didn't know Jesse that well. Uh, I, knew he, uh, I knew he seemed like a really good dude. And he had some really good songs. That's about all I knew. Well, he calls me a couple weeks after we start the song. He goes, hey, man, what you doing? And I was like, I'm just at the house working. What are you doing? And he goes, man, I was over at Cody's house last night um, having dinner. And I played that song we started. Man, he loves it. And I said, uh, cool, Cody who? <laughs> so I didn't know he knew Cody Johnson. He goes, Cody Johnson. I said, man, I'm, I go over there for dinner all the time. We've been friends for years. And I said, oh. So long story short, Cody finished the song with us over text messages. You love the voice I recordings. Back I love forth. those, yeah. And um, he finished the song uh, with us. And uh, it was the first song he said, hey, I'm going to put this on my new album, Human. And uh, it's the reason he heard God Bless a Boy. And he just recorded another song that Jesse and I wrote with two other friends, Helene Cronin and uh, Trick Savage. I love Trick Savage, man. And uh, he recorded that for his new album, Leather. And it'll come out later this year, early next year. So there's three Cody Johnson cuts, right? So I told you that part about being all mad about losing that contest. Yeah. Because I think the whole way home is a four-hour drive home. I think the Lord is looking at me and going, bless your heart. Right? <laughs> I didn't bring you down here to win some song contest. No. I brought you down here to get your first two and then three major label cuts and change your life. <laughs> His plan is always bigger and better than mine. And we're so busy playing small game. It's also slower than mine, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> hey, so so well, keep playing the interlude. Yes, sir. We've been we've talked a lot, and I thought there was a huge bonus and benefit to us visiting yeah. because we talked about a lot of things that could be really helpful for other people. And then I'd like to talk to you after you're done about getting back in and then yeah, just playing more, for me. playing more music <laughs> yeah. next time because we did some really cool conversation yeah. that man people learn from but man i know you got some amazing songs to share and i'd like to get a little more of those don't have to be any time now sure but coming up soon we can do it yeah, again if you don't you mind i'd love to have you come back i'll come over anytime my man it's called made a home i poured the concrete cut the two by fours Planted that oak tree, stained that front door. 
I hung up your porch swing Painted that picket fence Yeah, I built the whole thing Nail by nail And brick by brick Oh, but girl, what you did Is put the singing in the kitchen The dancing down the hallway The living in the living room And the saving me on Sunday You put the tangle in the sheets And the perfume on my pillow Without you It's just a pile of sticks and stones I built a house You made a home You picked every color Bought all the antiques You hung up those pictures Of all our favorite memories You watered those roses Out in the front yard Left the I love you on the mirror In a lipstick heart I love everything you are You put the singing in the kitchen Dancing down the hallway The living in the living room And the saving me on Sunday You put the tangle in the sheets And the perfume on my pillow Without you It's just a pile of sticks and stones I built a house You made a home tangle in the sheets and the perfume on my pillow without you it's just a pile of sticks and stones I built a house you made a home man Make some noise for Scott Sean White, man. That is awesome, dude. Man, well, I do love anything with a construction metaphor. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. What a killer deal. But, dude, I'm so proud of what you've been doing, dude. It's nice to reconnect after um, three three years. <laughs> well, we, we, we visit, we've been connected. We know what each other's kind of doing. That's the beauty of social, right? That's a good uh, thing. That's one of the, one of the good things about social media. Yeah, bro, for sure. Well, it's and keeping you, connected. You kind of know what I kind of know what you got going. You kind of, yeah. and you know, you know, it's that's that's the one really big thing about it that yeah. I like. You know, yeah, well, man, thank you so much for joining us, dude. What an amazing night! Thank I you. I was so excited to have Gene Reeves and then and yes. Scott here, and it's cool. And man, uh, does my heart good? Church. To, yeah. Well, and uh, like I said, songwriting church. Yeah, there. songwriting church. Catch up after all yeah. these years, which actually does old heart good. You know. Yes, but, sir. Yeah, man. So let us know. Let people know where they can find you, all of your social contents and that kind of stuff. Yeah, ScottSeanWhite.com is the uh, website, and uh, Sean is S-E-A-N. I think my mama had a crush on Sean Connery. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the reason for that. Who didn't? And and then Facebook, uh, Scott Sean White and Scott Sean White Songs, um, and some version of that across all the other stuff. I don't mess with Twitter a lot. I do a little bit of TikTok, but 
Yeah. You well, know. and now we have new ones, threads. Oh uh, yeah, I ain't doing that. Dude, well, <laughs> well, you know, so without going too far down the rabbit hole, you post right. you posted a post that just reached out and like socked me in the face. And I don't remember who the songwriter was. Was it? It might have been Susan Gibson. I don't know who it was, but it was somebody talking about an artist about how it's just this. The world has become constant. It was Gretchen Peters. Yeah, constant content creation, and 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 man, how taxing it is as an artist. And I think, man, he knows yes. exactly what I'm talking about. He's about I know to. Exactly. I bet because he's I share. Read it. I share this with people all the time. Yep. Right. I think he's about to read it. I am, because um, it was an announcement she made like late last year. The first part of it was just her announcing that, hey, I'm going to retire from from touring, touring. We're still going to play some shows here and there, but we're not going to tour like we used to, right? And so, but the last part of it was this, and it's just heartbreaking and beautiful and true. She said, the music business has become increasingly, relentlessly demanding of artists. The pressure to release new content, not a synonym for art, to turn out singles and albums and videos and reels and posts on a prescribed schedule, often utterly out of sync with the artist's artist internal one, isn't producing more or greater art. It's just increasing the noise and exhausting the artist. As someone who's always needed to let the field lie fallow in between creative bursts, I understand the pressure on young artists, and I hope they will resist. We need better songs, not more of them. We need artists who want to make art that lasts, not content, that's digested in the time it takes to scroll through your Instagram feed. There's a reason it saved on my phone. Well, and you posted that. And it reached, <laughs> well, it reached out and grabbed me. Yep. And, you know, I recognize that things evolve and things do change. And you have yep. to do something. You have to evolve. Yep. You know, we, I use Blockbuster and Netflix and Redbox as a yep. perfect example of right. how a big entity just gets consumed with uh, this is how it is. But I also know that sometimes change, there are changes that are good, and then there are changes that, man, are just taxing. And when it's taxing, what it brings about is not um, always positive results. Yeah, and it's a challenge for creatives in this business, in the music business, because all the time and energy you spend creating content, well, you only have so much energy in your glass every day when you wake up, right? It's like a glass full of water. If you pour out three-quarters of that creating content, for social media, you only have a quarter of that glass of water, that glass of energy left to write your songs, which is what you're freaking supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be the, the gold of your, your existence, right? It's supposed to be what actually makes you a living. But you spend all this other energy on creating content. So it's a challenge because you have to do both. Like that's one of the things about me new, releasing a new record. Now... I have to well, put I always say it's a commercial art. You got to balance the commercial with it the is. art. Mm. Well, and this is the thing. And we're also artists that don't have this team and this label. It's it's really become progressively more difficult for independence because we don't have people that are helping us. We're doing all stuff. DJ and I have conversation. Every time I talk to him, Scott, it's, man, you need to be doing this and this and this and this and this. And I go, okay, how about you break it down to this, the top ten? Right. <laughs> and I'll do those top ten. <laughs> At least I'm touching the good stuff. So y'all are going to end up jumping on me here in a minute. No, dude. You <laughs> know, do you know the funny part about it is you're trying to help advise us with the times, and there's a we're trying to people are trying to find a balance. But you know, the cool part about it is the more we talk about it, the more real change or 
compromise happens because we start to recognize that, man, we are exhausting the resources of the artist and getting stuff that's not the art. Right. So, man, dude, it was so awesome to have you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. And I'm going to take you up on that. We're going to take you up on that invitation again, man. Oh, yes. Y'all make some noise. Scott Sean White out here at the (laughs) Lake House. (laughs) Dusty Moats here. Texas Tailgate Mondays. Don't forget to go in pre-order his album. Yeah, but did you know what? Pulling we, Weeds is out Scott right now. Scott and I were just so, we were so worried about creating quality content <laughs> that we you forgot, forgot to even push what your album. What were we here for? Uh, sorry, brother. Anyway, Lakehouse, smithmusic.com. Texas Tailgate Mondays, along with R. Watson Boots, Texas Select, Select beverage, Country, beverage Company, and, of course, Sharp's Liver Supply. Man, thank you for joining us every single solitary Monday. Man, what a great night tonight. Man, appreciate you coming in. We got more coming every Monday. See you next time. Dusty Boats out.